<laughs> okay, this is uh, Mentora End Times for Dummies. And we're still on lesson one, but we're going to call this 1B. 1B. Since uh, we did not get an opportunity to completely finish last week. Scott, bring it home for us, brother. So last week we, uh, we started off in Daniel. We're going to continue in Daniel. Uh, tonight, a couple chapters over in uh, in Daniel chapter nine, and uh, uh, the 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 passage that we have to go through tonight is just in incredibly uh, confusing. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say rich, confusing. Okay, works confusing, too. rich. Yeah, that works. That's or we finished up with like seventy yeah. years or seventy weeks. Which one is? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's start off. Uh, Daniel 9, 1 and 2, and 20 through 23. Who'd like to start us off tonight? Daniel 9, 1 and 2. I got it. In the first year of Darius, the son of Asarius, by descent of a Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that, that according to the word the Lord of Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely, 70 years. Can you just reiterate exactly, or have someone reiterate what that means? What he just read? Yes. In he, gave, he gave a timetable of... Who did? David. No indefinite pronoun references. I, David. Yes. Daniel. It was Daniel. Daniel, sorry, Daniel. Yeah. David, yeah. Daniel. Obviously, okay. I wasn't listening. Yeah. Okay, Daniel. Uh, yeah, given a timetable when this occurred. He gave a year, a specific year of a. Is it um, Darius? The king. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're in exile. Yeah, and they're in exile, yeah. For how long? Is it, is it the 70? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so they're in exile. Currently. And Daniel's reading through the prophet. Bless and the and the prophet indicates as he's reading Jeremiah, the exile is only going to take 70 years. It's one year for every year that they didn't do the, the Sabbath or whatever the or the math was, but he was able to determine the total time we're supposed to be in exile is 70 years. It's it's up. That's what this is all about. So Daniel's like, we're, we're done. I beg your pardon. No problem at all. It was interesting here that, um, uh, kind of to that point, um, where he says, I observed in the books the number of years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet. So he, he could see right in the text that he was reading what the number of years was going to be. Yeah. Didn't come to him in a vision. This wasn't an angel who spoke to him like we were seeing in the prior passages. He was he just discerned it on the text itself. I, I, I think that's the Bible quoting the Bible. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's it's particularly poignant to recognize that you get a guy like us. Uh, no, Daniel was a player, no question. But you get a guy like us who's reading the Bible and deducing things. From the text. No magic math. You know, no 666. He's just deducing 
this is what God said. And that was the answer. And to me, that's extraordinarily encouraging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we go through here, we're not dealing with 666 or magic math. If, if God says, this is how long it's going to be, then that's how that's long it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to guess. Right. But in, on that same point, I think he was also kind of inquiring of the Lord where he currently was in that timetable. No question. Because obviously it wasn't just a one-day event where yeah. Jerusalem was raised. Um, with 69 king, years king was thrown out months. and uh, you know, a new, new um, puppet king was put in place. He ended up rebelling three years later. Then they came in and destroyed everything and tore down the... Yeah. So uh, where in that three to five year range does this 70 year on leave yeah, actually No get? question, but he knew it was 70. Yes. What's interesting too is that Daniel's response isn't just... We didn't read the chapter. But the whole chapter is uh, not a prayer of, I'm confused, please help me out. It's a prayer of repentance on behalf mm-hmm. of his people. Right. And it's kind of cool because Daniel... We blew it, this is why we're here. Why we're here, and now asking God to fulfill his word, to Amen. end it. I think it's kind of neat because in the scriptures, Judaism interprets several different places as arguing that God... Well, as we see in the, the prophet, prophet, prophetic passages we'll be reading later, you know, cuts him short. He ends things for the sake of the elect. True. A little on the early side. Yeah, so he loves his people. Right. There's a tradition about that with regards to um, the Exodus... The timing there, basically God graciously decides to count the period where Isaac and Jacob are living in exile um, rather than starting the clock from Egypt, right. um, which I think is, which is, I think there's a valid point to that. So the, it's not just to make the math work, but the idea, the principle behind it is that God um, is looking for opportunities to show mercy. Amen. So Daniel is asking for that. Yeah. Amen. All right, let's move on to uh, 20 through 23. While I was speaking, praying, confessing my sin, the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision of the first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand, speaking with me and saying, O Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, at the beginning of, of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I will have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. So after uh, uh, after Daniel just spent seventeen or so verses in prayer, pleading that God would be faithful to do what he already said he would do. He gets an immediate answer. And it's the same guy that he had talked to in the prior couple of chapters, right? So Gabriel comes and, uh, and acknowledges that um, uh, you know, you have, you've, been, uh, you've been heard and I've got a message for you. And the message is coming up in the next section that we have to read 24 through 27. Will somebody give us those verses? Uh, before they do it, just wanted to point out he was praying at the time of the evening sacrifice. Mm-hmm. There are times of prayer, and this man was praying at one of those times. But this is moderate prayers. So yeah, very good point. If, yeah, if if you don't 
into that and you respect Daniel, maybe you want to be into that. So, anyway, cool, go. cool also thing here too. Not that this is on the Shabbat because apparently according to the text was fasting. Maybe it could have been Shabbat and taking a break from fasting. I don't know. But um, interesting enough, the evening prayer after Shabbat is over, if I recall correctly, uh, the prayer for wisdom and understanding is expanded. So it's interesting that in verse 22, um, Dan- Daniel says that Gabriel enabled me to understand. Yeah. And then later, and then Gabriel responds saying, Daniel, now I have come forth to make you skillful in understanding. So it's, you, you can almost imagine that Daniel might have just finished praying that prayer for understanding. Yeah. When Gabriel makes his appearance. Wow. Yeah, that's great. That's a really good insight. Good. 24 to what? 24 through 27. Ends the chapter, I think. Seven, seven weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint the most holy place. Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the world to restore and rebuild Jerusalem to the coming of the anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Then for sixty-two weeks it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in a troubled time. And after the sixty-two weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be wars. Desolations are decreed, and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week, and for half a week he shall put an end to the sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate, until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. Amen. The desolator. The desolation. Okay, so clear as mud. It's clear. <laughs> oh, there's so many good good things in this very short passage. It's amazing, yeah, isn't it's it? Four verses. This is. But it's just packed. It's it's probably one of the most studied and understood and misunderstood passages in the Bible. Well, let's go through and, and uh, as the, the study notes indicated, that let's, let's point out timing references or timing markers that you see in the passage. Let's just start with 24. What do you, what do you see? Timing references or timing markers? 70 weeks. 70 weeks. Finish transgression. I kind of wrote through. Finish. It says, uh, finish transgression, put it in the sun, tone for iniquity. Okay. And bring out our blessing righteousness. Then seven weeks. Well, there's, there's six things that happen when those 70 weeks are up. And he lists six different things. All those things are decreed to do those six things. Right? Just saying 24 is a general. Uh, uh, statement about the sort, sort of an overview. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So seventy weeks, and at the end of the seventy weeks, these things will have happened, or will occur at the end of the seventy weeks. So do you want right. to talk what the weeks are? Because the Hebrew there is very interesting. Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. How about 25? Timing Seven. reference or timing markers? Seven weeks and then 62 <coughs> Okay. Skip before that. Restoring rebuilding Jerusalem. Oh. Almost, but back up a little bit further. They're going out of the word? The what? <laughs> From. From the going out of the word. No, yes, that's right. From the going out of the word or the issuing of a decree, it says in, in right. my version. Right, right. So, not a timing reference, but a timing marker, like push pin, right? Here's where we start things. So, timing marker from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem is the beginning. Joshua? By who? I assume God. Yeshua. No? Mm, nope. Remember the, they were in the Kep city had been destroyed. Right. I'm thinking. So somebody needs to decree that it can be rebuilt. When it was destroyed by the people who took the Jews into captivity, they certainly weren't going to let it be rebuilt. They're the ones who just destroyed it. So there's been a decree, perhaps, by some body who says, yeah, you can rebuild it. That decree is the timing mark your father's referencing. Okay. And so it had to be someone in a position of authority mm -hmm. of, the, of those who had previously destroyed the city. Right. Okay, so we've got the, the front-end marker with the, the issuance of the decree. What's the next thing we see from a timing marker or timing reference? Coming of the anointed one. Right, until, until Messiah the Prince, the coming of the anointed one. So we've got the back-end timing marker, front-end and back-end, and then we're given... The time span, right. right? That's gonna that, that's oh, going to exist think. between those two timing markers, yeah. and it's given as seven weeks. Seven weeks plus sixty-two weeks, which is sixty-nine weeks. You might want to write that down. Interesting, because the prior verse it was referenced as. 70. 70 weeks ah. that had that were going to take place before the end would come and all these things would happen. So we counted for 69 of our 70 weeks, whatever the weeks might be at this point, right? <clears throat> and then what happens after the 62 weeks? The ancient one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. Was that uh, was that a prophecy that was fulfilled? Yeah. yeah. Who, who was the anointed one? Josiah. Yeshua. What happened to him? He was crucified on the cross and, and had and was nothing. Had yeah, had nothing. Even God took his presence away. That's correct. Why have you forsaken? Huh. If you don't get this, you need to speak up. Okay.
Yeah. Your thought is becoming more transparent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's, that's great. great. That's great. Okay. How many years is that? 486? 7697? Seven, I'm not in charge. Okay. All right. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of my mic top head, but I've had a long well, day. I think that's right. 490 would be 770, so it would be 483. 80, yeah. Okay, there we go. 483 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, we haven't said it years yet. You're right. Well, correct. You're right. I assume. 483 um, cycles of some sort. Cycles of some sort. Some timing cycles. 483 moments, whatever that Roger <coughs> song was. Anyway. I think that, uh, I think I, did I leave it out? I think the one thing that I wish I had put in this particular lesson was for somebody to read the beginning of Nehemiah. Does anybody remember what that sounds like? Anyway, just remember. You don't have to go read it. Don't, don't, don't flip it. You remember? Doesn't it kick off with the desire to... He's, he's, the, he's, he's the cupbearer to the king. king right. You know, right? Okay. And what's the, what's the king say when he puts it up in his hand? Why are you so depressed? Oh, yeah. so yeah. depressed. What's up, man? Right. I mean, you look. Why's your countenance? Yeah, your countenance is falling. You look, you look so sad. And what does he say? Jerusalem's in ruins. My people are scattered. It's it's horrible. How, how can I be happy? That king is the king who made the decree of which you just read. And interestingly enough, Judaism agrees. They say that Cyrus is the anointed one mentioned in verse 25. Yeah, mm -hmm. not just Judaism. Um, Netanyahu also agrees. <laughs> it's the double-sided coin. Yeah. Okay, so now we're to 27. And we, do we have any timing references or timing markers here? Uh, and then of that week. Oh, don't, don't skip ahead so quickly. Sorry. Isaac, you said? He shall make a strong covenant. Many. For one additional week. For one, well, it doesn't say additional, right? Well, it just for says one for week. one week, right? Well, how many weeks have we counted up so far? But now, we 69, now we're at our 70th. Right, we've accounted for all <coughs> 70 of those weeks. Now, Josiah, what's the next thing you get? Uh, uh, half, of a, half of that week. What happens? <laughs> The prince shall put an end to sacrifice and offerings. Okay, so when does the, the sacrifice and offering, it, it, in the middle of the week, he'll put a stop to sacrifice and grain offerings. So, I mean, the first half of the week or the second half of the week? doesn't say. It says, and for half of the week. For half of the week what? He shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And shall would be a future tense. future tense, right? So this would indicate the second half of the week. He, the one who made the covenant, is going to put an end to sacrifice and grain offering. Now, what did we talk about last week that the... Uh, the lawless one would want to change. 
timed events. Right? Right. That's exactly right. Mm. So do you see the parallel that we're, we're drawing back to what we just what we talked about last week? Putting in to the sacrifices and offerings? Mm. There's a reference or a parallel to the change that he'll want to change the law. The law being the law that we all now try so hard to uh, 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 to follow. Um, and this one is referenced as the, the one who comes on the wing of abominations and the one who will make desolate. Um, have you heard those two words put together before? Abominations and desolate? The abomination of desolation. I think we'll see that at some point in the future, so you can make a note of that. Let the reader understand. Let the reader understand. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. Um, so we've been we've been talking a little bit about, or we've been you know reading and referencing this these weeks. Um, it, who who remembers or who knows what? If, if we went back into the Hebrew and looked at the Hebrew to see the Hebrew construct here, which is where Joshua was going to go a couple minutes ago, what's the actual construct? What, what word are we talking about here? Shuvuah. It's weak. Seven sevens. Literally. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's seven sevens. And as, as translated, it's been translated to help us understand as seven weeks. But the Hebrew is really 62 sevens and seven sevens. Um, and, uh, and, and that's important because... Of 70 sevens, we have that too. Right. Uh -huh. it's, it's not necessarily what we understand when we read it in the English as week being a seven-day period of time, right? I mean, we, we, can, we can read that and we can know that it's not just because... If it was literally weeks, then it wouldn't make sense. The pat the timing wouldn't work. Well, it wouldn't work in nine twenty four because Daniel's already been in uh, in captivity, mm -hmm. in exile for years and years and years. So, believing that it's seven, you know, weeks, literal weeks. I mean, already 52 weeks is a year. Mm -hmm. 70 weeks is a little more than a year. Mm -hmm. So that, that it, can't, it can't be that. So the, the weeks must be something longer than days. Right. So as, as it's indicated in the, uh, in the study guide about the middle of the page, only the context in history can help us know what those sevens are, what kind of time period those sevens represent. Uh, now, there was uh, a, a series of events that happened within those 70 weeks um, that are also laid out here in these verses. So let's just step back through and talk about what happens, you know, what, what the scripture tells us happens within the 70-week time period and see if we can identify which set of sevens or weeks it happens in the first 69 or the last, the last seven. So starting off in 24, what I think Joe was talking about this a little bit earlier. Six things that happen that are spelled out in that one verse. What are they? Decree, 
about uh, Israel and Jerusalem to put an end to sin, to atone for iniquity, to bring everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and prophet, and to anoint a holy place. Did you get the first one? Finish transgression. Finish the transgression. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. So in 25, we've got, again, the, the first timing marker, the decree to restore and rebuild. And then there's an event, which is coming of the, coming of the anointed one, <clears throat> is the first, it happens within that first 69-week period. And what else in that verse? The going out or decree of, of to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Uh, that's first. That's the. That's where we start our our timing marker. Are you saying after the anointed one, saying a prince, and then the seven weeks? The seven weeks and the sixty-two weeks, and it will be it will be built again. Right. All right, so then we move on into 26, which is the end of our timing marker. After the 62 weeks, just I brought this up before, what happens? An anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. That's right. And then, after that 62 weeks, something else happens. The people of the prince who is to come means he can, after the anointed one, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Did, did everybody get that? After the 62 weeks, after the Messiah is cut off, the people of the prince who is to come, the prince who came after Messiah the prince, not <coughs> Messiah the prince, but a prince who is to come after that, will come to destroy the city and the sanctuary. And we saw that happen, right? Who, who's that referring to and what's the event? Is this Prince the Antichrist? Like this, the false prophet? Is that no, it's the, the Prince Titus and the Roman cohorts who destroyed the temple in about 70, right. roughly, 77, maybe BC 68. Right, exactly. Yeah, interestingly enough, I, um, it's intriguing because, of course, the, the, the prince there, the monarch, the translation, Nagid in Hebrew, um, a leader or whatever, uh, seems to be the same character in verse 27 who's making this covenant. Um, which, for the, and so, which is interesting because it says the people of, his people would destroy the sanctuary. Not... The prince. Not the prince. And we know that the people who destroyed the sanctuary in 70 were the Romans. Correct. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my wife about this, and I thought it was interesting that maybe Judaism has it right Until. that the really bad, bad, bad guys in the whole story are always Rome. They come from Edom. Right. They become Rome. And then regardless necessarily what nationality they are, eventually, they are the philosophical, spiritual, or perhaps genetic descendants of Rome. The Roman Empire, mm -hmm. yeah. 
And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that throughout history, there have been these repeat efforts to try to rebuild the Roman Empire. You had it happened during the Middle Ages, the Crusades, and things like that. Some level, the Third Reich was an effort to rebuild the Roman Empire. Right. The Second Reich and First Reich, which was part of the Crusades. Right. The Holy uh, yeah. Roman Empire. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Germania. so there's kind of this. It's almost like it's still there, even though it's not. So, because uh, in modern times, the um, there are some who interpret uh, the West or the United States or like that as being a descendant, as it were, of Edom, at least philosophically. Just in general. But anyway, the point is that I had, I had always kind of thought, like, well, is it really Rome? How could it be Rome? You know, Rome is not even really around anymore and so forth. But but the idea that Judaism t talks about sort of this, this um, uh, if Rome coming from Edom, it, it carries with it this, almost this idea of this uh, like spiritual um, ancestry rather than, I mean, there is some genetics according to Judaism, but the point is that like it's, um, it's more than that. It's a spiritual mindset. Yeah, it's like they're, they're a people group associated with the Romans, mm -hmm. whoever they happen to be. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting lost here. I want to make sure I'm actually understanding. Because before, <laughs> I thought, as we were reading through this, we were talking about a time to come. And then Alex made reference to Titus the Roman from a past time. So help me understand where I'm, where I'm losing, where I'm sure. losing the. Can I can I uh, start? Yeah, absolutely. Where did all this begin? Point to the wall. Nine. Twenty-four. Let's say. Wouldn't that was over there? What's not Shua in the temple? How about over there? How about where Daniel was? He was in exile. Babylonian exile and he at the beginning of your please Daniel word went out I have to tell you and you're greatly loved you can <coughs> the word and understand the vision we're starting over here what's he say 70 weeks against your people and your city Jerusalem so let's talk about it so he's talking about here and he ends up with the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. And right before that, the cutting off of the prince, the anointed one. So you should be seeing that. You see that? Mm -hmm. So now in verse 26, you get the cutting off of the prince. He shall have nothing. And the and people... That's the, and that's the end of the 69. Right. That's actually the anointed one should be cut off. The people of the prince who is to come, mm -hmm. that's not the people to come, that's the people of the prince to come, destroys the city and his sanctuary. There will be war. Desolations are decreed. And then we get up to 27. Yeah, this Does this make sense? It's after yes. the 62 weeks, so it isn't necessarily on the day of Right. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like that chapter 26 is almost like something of an interlude. We have after the 62 weeks, there's the death of the, of the of Messiah, and then there's also this destruction of the temple. Which we know from history was 40, 40 years. years. Yeah. Right. So now the astonishing thing is the gap that you're about to describe. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. What, provided he's got this. You got that? I have this. Are we good okay. so far? So I just had a different understanding that we were talking about a future time. Well, hold that thought. Listen to him now. What 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 year are we in right now? Right where you and I just ended. Guess. When was Messiah cut off? Guess. Roughly. I have no clue. Come on. Forty? Thirty? Thirty-three? Okay. Okay. And he said, before this generation is gone, there won't be a stone turned on top of another stone. This this whole place is going to be ripped apart and destroyed. The generation biblically is 40 years. 40 and 33? 77. 40 and 30? 70. We're about 70 in the common era right now. That's where we're at. That's when, 70 is when Jerusalem was destroyed by Titus. All right? Okay. You with us? Yeah. Okay. So we we came from our, our initial timing marker when the decree was going to go out to restore and rebuild. We went through 69 weeks to when Messiah the Prince was cut off and had nothing. Mm -hmm. And then after that, a prince to come, the people of the prince who is to come, happening afterwards, would come and destroy the city again, which is what Joe was just referring to, that Yeshua told us is Talmudim. Um, so from the, the, that took it 69 weeks, and now we've got somewhat of a gap because the things that were just described, the the sixty nine the push in went in at the end of the sixty ninth week. But we're we've got seventy weeks. To we've got seventy weeks to for account his for and their city. Right. So we've got another period of seven somethings to go, but we're not told here anywhere when it starts. In fact. Because it's the in, people of the prince to come. Right. And the point where he makes the firm covenant with many for one week, a future, you know, seven more weeks that will happen from that timing marker forward, comes after the people of the prince who was to come came and destroyed the city. How far after? It's not, it's not obvious. It's not, we're not told. But we do, all we know at this point is that the 69th week ended. And then we were in a gap of time gap of some kind during which Jerusalem will be destroyed again. And then at some point, he, the prince of the people who is to come, will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. That final 70th week, 70th period of time will be accounted for. And at the end of that 70th week, that 70th period of time, all those things we read about in 24, those six things, will have been completed. They've been accounted for completely. Mm -hmm. Did, are, we, are we good? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, there's some really good footnotes uh, down at the bottom that are tied to events that we uh, that we just talked through in the 70th weeks and I wanted to make sure we take a chance to go through those mm, that's good uh, let's start with Isaiah 44 26 through 28 if somebody can get that and then somebody else can get 45 13 26. 26. 
44, 26 through 28. Okay. Who confirms the word of his servants and fulfills the counsel of his messengers? Who says to Jerusalem, who says of Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited, and of the cities of Yehuda, they shall be built, and I will raise their ruins. Who says to the deep, be dry, I will drive your rivers. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall fulfill all my purpose. Saying of Jerusalem, she shall be built, and of the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Then 4513. 13? Mm-hmm. It says. Oh, I okay. I can do it. I have stirred up I have stirred him up in righteousness, and I will make all his ways level. He shall build my city and send my exiles free. Not for price or reward, says Adonai the vote. <clears throat> what were those verses talking about? Exile. The And God said, I'm in complete control of when this happens. Isn't another word for uh, his name? Darius Cyrus? Mm. Or That's one of the name. names that he was Darius called? Darius is his name. Cyrus and Darius. Darius the Darius Darius the Mede and Cyrus the same They were both kings, joint kings during that period, the Medes and the Persians. Yeah. But I think they were the same, not same individual. Okay. Okay, about First Chronicles 36, 21 through 23. No such reference. It's actually second. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing this whole time. Yeah, my phone keeps saying. Sorry. No, sorry, sorry not. I got it. I'll, I'll, I'll fix it. <laughs> um, I'll say we back up here, verse 20. Uh, those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon, and they were promised to him and to his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord of the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. All the days of its desolation, it kept Sabbath until 70 years were complete. Now, in the first year of Cyrus of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he sent a proclamation throughout his kingdom, and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever there is among of all his people, may the Lord his God be with him, and let him go up. That's got to be one of the coolest verses, which you would never even associate with any of this unless you knew to look for it. Right. You, you've got right here the, the mathematical equation that takes 70 weeks and makes it 70 years. There it is. You've also got the guy, as the, as the young gentlemen have said, who made the decree. Good. All right, how about Ezra 1, 1 through 3? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of Adonai by the mouth of Jeremiah, Adonai stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he sent a proclamation on all his kingdom, and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, Adonai, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build him a house in Yerushalayim, which is in Judah. Whoever there is, am is among you of all his people, may his God be with him. 
Let him go up to Yerushalayim, which is in Judah, and build the house of Adonai, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Yerushalayim. That's a pretty powerful decree. That's where 70 weeks starts. Mm-hmm. That's right. Look, it's better. I've got the two Jerusalem. Uh, okay. Then after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. And then how about uh, Nehemiah 4, 7, 8, and 16, 13? I got it. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. From that day on, half of my servants walked on constru- worked on construction, and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah, who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side when he built the man who surrounded, who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Work so, yeah, so you remember that the, the rebuilding Jerusalem wasn't an easy task, right? Started off that way, but it certainly didn't end up that way. But uh, more than worth it to those who were, uh, who were there making it happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've, uh, we've come to the end of our time again. Oh, this time goes so fast. <laughs> Do you want to hit the last two verses real fast? The last two ones? Uh, the ones on page 12? Yeah. Do you have those? Sure. I've got Yeah, sure. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of Adonai by the mouth of Yerbyahu might be filled, fulfilled, Adonai stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and also put it in writing. This says Cyrus, king of Persia, Adonai, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Yerushalayim, which is in Yehuda. Thank you, Joshua. I think the next that next footnote is the one that we, were we just yeah we just read. I, I think if we can close by understanding the gap concept that. What, what we read about tonight happened. It's historical. It's historical and it's biblical history. But what's described in this next seven year period with cutting off the sacrifices and so forth has, has yet to happen. And this, this concept of a gap and understanding that the 70th week of Daniel is a thing because it hasn't happened. 70 weeks of decree, 69 weeks have happened. It's just 
but it all ends when Jerusalem got destroyed. So the the people of the prince who was to come or is to come blew away the city, but the prince himself and what and this covenant he's going to make and cutting off or breaking his covenant in the middle or stopping the sacrifices and so forth. That hadn't happened because no sacrifices have started in Jerusalem since that day. Mm -hmm. There's been none. So it's pretty clear the 70th week or 70th year of Daniel has has yet to occur. Right. It doesn't appear to be able to occur until yeah. there's a covenant made by this prince to allow it to happen or to start it. Right. And at some point prior to that, the offerings and sacrifices will will be happening again. Right. Because for them to be cut off at the at the middle of the week means sometime prior to that, it must have been it happening. Started, yeah. And it, it may be interesting if that's tied to the covenant somehow. Yeah. Um, good point. It doesn't need to be tied to the covenant. Right. Yeah. Um, so we can look back historically and know that the first 69 weeks were years. We can tell that from historical record, right? Well, and, and from the um, the Nehemiah passage, right? Was it the Nehemiah, the one right before it? Um, he said seven years. When seven, he says seven years. Ezra right. Says uh -huh. Yeah. So, so we, we know the first 69 were weak references were in terms of years. That means that from a consistency standpoint, that last week, that last period of seven sevens must also be, or last period of sevens must also be seven years. Years, another yeah. seven year period of yeah. time for us to have consistency in the time frame and have full 77s of the same time units. So that's, that's, that 70th week that, as Joe was just mentioning, is yet to come. You know, we're living now in that time gap between the 69th, the end of the 69th week and the start of the 70th week. And if and you're look, waiting. If you look on page 12, that, that timeline starts with exile and dispersion, both of which happened right there at the end of that 69th week. Mm -hmm. So everything we're studying is that 70th week that Daniel wrote about and beyond it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if we're starting there, and if there's nothing noteworthy, we won't put it on the timeline, but there's got to be something soon that's after that exile and dispersion. Right. Right. And so now we're, we're waiting for that 70th week again with the covenant. That's kind of crucial to the rest of the study, right? I mean, everything we're reading, we're, we're, we're trying to read pretty much in a vacuum each week and trying to hook it then after we read it back to the previous study read and to the next study. So if you, don't, if you don't get that there's 70 years that have been decreed against Daniel's people, that would be Chinese? No. Jews, that's right. And his people and his city, Jerusalem, if you don't get that, 
that that's and 69 of those years have already gone by then you don't really understand that there's a there's one seven year period left where 69 sevens have gone by I beg your pardon so that 70th week or seven year period is what we're waiting for if you don't get that you need to speak up and let Scott smack you around a little bit um, just in a little addition, uh, I mentioned that prophecy is often layered and covers it multiple things. Mm -hmm. According to um, St. Clement of Alexandria, um, Heronius, and Julius Africanus, all first century historians commented on Yeshua's ministry as being about one year. So I present to you the concept that Yeshua's ministry could be um, 62 weeks long before he was crucified, from when he was mikvahed. And then there was a period where he said, wait in Yerushalayim for seven sins, from Passover to Shavuot, where he then poured a spirit, equate into 69 weeks, and then from there on, that missing gap again of one more week. It could work. Yes. Oh, yeah. It doesn't bring you back to Daniel and the decree where you start counting. I'm saying both are correct and both, both are both could prophetic significance in that. Both, moment. You both could be correct. Yes. Um, but it was long after Passover before you start counting what the Master said because he was killed at Passover. He was raised and then he says, 40 days later, he said, not many days hence, we receive power from on high. So, I don't know that the, the, the weeks thing counts and works properly. But I get it. There's no question. You're right. Not on multiple layers, but both a near-term as well as a far-term prophecy for near everything. It's the only way that you could tell if a prophet was a prophet. If he says, well, in 500 years, something is going to happen. How does that help? Hey, baby, give me something here that we can work on now. So if it doesn't come to, to pass, we don't have to worry about anything else you say. So, yeah, I get it. That, that is kind of a good point, because I guess, Isaac, you know, we were talking about, like, it, 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 jumping back and forth, right? Because, like, for example, if you only keep the last week as, like, the thing that's the future, right. it actually doesn't make any sense, because the only time that you could offer a sacrifice as if the temple was rebuilt. Correct. But that's happening before. Before what? The last week. Before the last week. That doesn't happen in the last week, according to this prophecy. We don't know that. Peter, we know that he's well, we do know when it happens, middle. when it's decreed that it's going to be rebuilt. We do know that. Well, that was, but that was past tense. That was past tense. That's this, that's this one that was rebuilt. Right. We know that the only thing left now is a seven-year period we're in the middle of that period. The prince who is to come will stop the sacrifices. So to your point, there needs to be sacrifices before the middle of that week. But they don't need to happen 20 years prior to that. They could, they could actually start sometime in the week. Many historians believe that the covenant that he makes, he actually makes with the Jewish people and allows them to start making their sacrifices at the beginning of that 70th week. And then in the middle, he cuts it off. Does okay. that make sense? 
kind of I work what's was it just because so you were saying that the sixty weeks was said in the past tense? Sixty two and seven or sixty nine weeks Messiah was cut off. All that's done. Well right, but then after he was cut off, yes. the sacrifices were stopped. No. Following the destruction of the temple. Yes. But that, that's not part of the seventieth week because the seventieth week hadn't started yet. That's part of the the seventh seventh. Yeah, and, and the sacrifices stopped because there was no place to make the sacrifices. Right. The prince here the, the prince didn't stop. The prince didn't stop them. The okay. prince will stop them, which implies it's they must have restarted in the future. Because it's future that he will stop them. And they restart, it doesn't say. Exactly. There's a lot of theologians now that are saying I had always thought, well, then we got to have a temple in order to have the sacrifices. So the temple needs to be rebuilt either before or during that 70th week. And people point to Abraham, like we just read, and say, well, he didn't have any temple. They had an altar. Mm-hmm. All you need is an altar to make sacrifice. Mm-hmm. According to the Torah, it needs to be in a specific place, but you don't need a Tabernacle or a temple, you just need an altar, stand in the right place. In the place where God says his name. Correct. Correct. Now, now you get into the argument of, well, is it done with a rock in that place? Or is there, are we okay? Can we get a little altar without being on the dome of the rock? Yeah. But. Okay. You see? Kind of, yeah. So we're saying, historically speaking, the seventh, the, the the last week definitely hadn't happened. There wasn't a covenant made before the sacrifices stopped. When I'm personally was... looking for some Story. covenant made with the Jewish people, okay. with the many, the Jewish people, by a prince to come. That is personally what I am looking for. Okay. Okay. The, the, the prince who was to come, who people destroyed the city. He had made a covenant with, with Israel. They came as conquerors over Israel. And started they, the current exile. Right. right. They, they didn't come as, hey, you know, we're, we're going to have a peaceful coalition here. Yeah, I know. But it says strong covenant. I didn't really know what that meant. If that well, meant means like a forced the, upon the, covenant. In, or, in I don't the, know. In the I, Hebrew, it's... Um, the Hebrew, it's... Hagabir, Hagabir, Bait. So it's it's a strengthening a covenant. Not you, him. I just wanted. Oh. It says strengthening. It. So it could be you could interpret it as strong covenant. It could be strengthening a covenant, um, and it's with the many or with the great ones. It's la rabim. So it could be you can you can read it either way. So some translations will say with the many. Some will say with the great ones. The Jewish Chabad translation says the princes. So it's like, I mean, exactly what it means and what it looks like. I don't think it, I think it's entirely clear. And when the covenant are made by men, it always takes two, two parties, right? And normally, if they're representing other people, they're princes or great ones or leaders of some type. Mm-hmm. Mike, did you have a question? Uh, if he built an altar on Mount Moriah, and offer the sacrifices there. Could would that be considered a legitimate offering? And would that jumpstart the seventieth week? 
The seventieth week doesn't start with the offerings. Right. The seventieth week, the middle of the seventieth week, is marked by a stopping of the offerings. Again, your dad has been talking about what's the start, what's the timing marker, and he's already said there is no timing marker that tells us when the seventieth week starts. All we know is there's a covenant. We know the timing event. Right. We don't know the timing marker. marker. The only the next marker we have is that the sacrifices are stopped in the middle of the week. So we need a covenant. We need some sacrifices in whatever order that covenant is broken, presumably, and those sacrifices are stopped in the middle. I would set my stopwatch at that point and know that the Lord would come back in three and a half years or less. But I am getting ahead. You're of getting ahead. Um, let, me, let me just wrap us up. At the bottom of page 12 in your study guide, there was a timeline. Um, I hope you found several events to be able to put on that timeline. Um, I found seven events that we went through tonight that I could put on the timeline. Um, I didn't, uh, all I could do at this point was to order them, not necessarily putting them uh, at specific times, but in a, in a sequence. And, and, and that's important for the rest of the, the study. Right. We're not, we're not looking for dates and times. We're just looking at, well, no, wait, the thing you're talking about comes after the thing he's talking about, and the thing he's talking about came before the thing he's talking about. That's what we're looking at. Right. Simply sequence. So before you start with uh, the, the lesson number two, see if you can find at least seven events that you've put on that timeline. From Daniel 7 and 9. Right. 7 and 9. And, uh, and then start your, uh, uh, check yourself in, in lesson two. Good? Yeah. I think so. You good? Yeah. You good? Of course. Ah. <laughs> you good? Oh. Okay. Nice. Nice. Alex, you close us up tonight? Sure. Blessed are you, most high God. We thank you, Father, for this fellowship. The opportunity to be able to just dive into your word to reveal your patterns, your prophecies, to be able to um, discern your promises for us. Father, may we continuously seek you. May we continuously mm -hmm. desire to unravel your secret things, Father, so that we might draw near to you. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory and praise. Um, B'shem Yeshua. Amen. 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 Amen.